Hi, this is Jennifer Dono, and you're watching Young Female Entrepreneurs on the Young Female Entrepreneurs live stream that happens every Thursday here at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. And tonight's theme for the show is love and marriage and all of the crazy legal stuff behind it, especially when you own a business. There's a lot of things that young women don't think about when you say I do, when you get engaged, when you are going through the steps of being married and heaven forbid, divorce. So uh, we've got expert Marquita Barbieri on this evening and she's going to be walking us through every possible scenario she can think of to arm us with the tools we need to know uh, ahead of time before we get married, before we go through all that crazy stuff, start our businesses, have our spouses join our businesses, etc. So it's going to be a show you're going to want to stay tuned uh, through the end for. Now, I am on chat over at ovali.tv slash live. So if you're watching live, one of the perks is that you can ask questions to our um, for our guests to answer. So Marquita's going to be on in just a few minutes, and you're welcome to chat, uh, introduce yourselves, and also ask questions that Marquita can answer. Uh, but before we get started, I wanted to talk a little bit about young female entrepreneurs and some upcoming events that we have happening. Uh, we have a Twitter chat that's coming up on Monday. And YFE chat happens every Monday now at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And uh, that is our summer schedule going in through July. I think I have through June scheduled. So it's just a few more weeks left of that. Um, but Monday's at 11 a.m. Pacific uh, to <laughs> Eastern. And uh, it's a lot of fun. You get to come and meet other women that are your age doing what you love to do and basically have a nice little contact list that you can keep in touch with after the Twitter chat as well. Um, you can go back and ask for tips, for resources, or just find out what their day-to-day -day looks like. So that's really fun. We're also wrapping up our YFE book club. It was the first one ever. Huge, huge shout out to Morgan and Jessica. And I'll definitely write a blog post about them over at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. Actually, if you head over there right now, um, we do have a blog post up um, with Jessica. It's the final question, and it's a really good one that's asking about some of the takeaways from Craving Success. Now, the author of the book, Melody Berenger, she's the founder of The Crave Company, which is in uh, over 30 cities uh, worldwide. She's going to be on the show next Thursday. Uh, and again, that's at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern at ovali.tv slash live. So this is going to be an awesome opportunity that if you have any questions about uh, being a woman in business, she's had over 20 years of experience in business, 30 some odd businesses, and Crave has really struck a chord within the women-owned market. And so she's got a lot of knowledge as far as what it looks like to build businesses when they don't succeed and the frustrations that happen in uh, in the between. So show up next Thursday for Melody Berenger. The week after that on the YFE live stream, we have bra makers on. <laughs> I'm really excited about this because I graduated from the University of Washington and they're two UW girls. They started a um, a project in UW Foster School of Business and it's basically a bra that has a pouch in it. It's called the Joey Bra and you put an iPhone, iPod, your wallet, your credit cards kind of stuff in it and you're able out to go out to clubs and not have to carry a purse. So we're going to have those girls on. They did a Kickstarter um, program in order to finance the first shipment of their bras. And so it'll be really fun to talk to them both about the the lingerie industry, creating a product, um, and everything that's involved with it, plus 
doing that Kickstarter kind of financing. Um, so anyway, that's the next two weeks of Young Female Entrepreneurs Live. Um, that's available on ovalay.tv slash live. And before I introduce our guest, I just talked really fast for like five minutes. So I apologize <laughs> if you're watching. Um, but before I bring on our guest, Marquita, who's going to be talking to us about love and marriage, I wanted to talk about why I'm a Young Female Entrepreneur. Young Female Entrepreneurs Livestream is brought to you by Ovalai.com, which is my a company I'm an owner of. I own it along with my mother. We are a mother-daughter team. Um, we empower your small office, home office lifestyle through web hosting, cloud services, and domain names. So check us out over at Ovalai.com. It's the reason why we get to do all of these really cool things for YFE and young women get to meet each other online um, through Young Female Entrepreneurs. So thank you to Ovalai.com. <laughs> I always feel weird mentioning our own business, but it's it's true. So um, moving on, let's talk about our guest, Marquita Barbieri. She is a fantastic, fantastic resource for everyone. And I'm going to make sure that I leave you with her link too. So if you're watching at a later date, go to youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com and I'll make sure that it's posted everywhere so that you have her in your Rolodex. Marquita Barbieri is a partner at AEGIS Professional Services Law Practice Group, which is a boutique firm focused on the entrepreneur. Marquita helps businesses of all sizes accomplish their business goals by providing cost-effective and practical advice that protects the business, while at the same time setting it up for growth and success. Marquita advises clients on establishing a business, mergers and acquisitions, corporate governance, Securities offerings, real estate transactions, franchises, sales, distribution agreements, compliance, and regulatory matters. Oh my goodness, it goes on. <laughs> Licensing arrangements and other complex commercial transactions. So she's really a woman of a lot of knowledge, <laughs> especially when it comes to the legal pieces of your businesses that a lot of us don't think about. So tonight, again, we're talking about love and marriage and what it means to own a business and get married. So I want to welcome Marquita on. Thank you so much for coming this evening, Marquita. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jen. And thanks all for letting me join you this afternoon and this evening. So it's um, my first time doing one of these lives. So if I look down or up or backwards and I'm not looking at you, please, uh, Give a shout out and let me know. <laughs> so I just wanted to remind everyone, if you're watching live, I am on the live chat and I'm monitoring um, questions. And so now is a great time to ask Marquita some of the items that, you know, you have on your to-do list to call your lawyer about. This is a great opportunity for you. So before we get started, Marquita, why don't you tell us a little bit about who it is that, who you are, what it is you do, and why you got into it in the first place? Sure thing. The reason that I have such a laundry list of, of things that I've worked on and things that I'm able to help everyone on is really because of people like you. Um, I, I've had a lot of experience with great business people over the years, and you each have unique things that pop up, so it causes us to be an expert in, in everything that you need to keep your business running. But I am located in St. Louis, Missouri. I am not located behind the beautiful uh, palm trees behind me. I'm I'll tell you why I sat here in my house tonight uh, as to why I chose this location so that you're not honeymooning too much and focus on your legal issues. <laughs> uh, but I went to St. Louis University School of Law. Um, I graduated in 2003, uh, so I've been doing this for almost 10 years. And I also went on to get my master's in tax law. I know you're all probably yawning already, so I promise we're not going to talk about taxes too much. <laughs> uh, then I practiced law here in St. Louis, uh, some big law firms, 
that's, you know, they're all the same to a certain point. And then I actually went in-house to a major corporation, DuPont. Uh, so I went the complete opposite way of an entrepreneur and went with those big guys who, you know, claim that they're doing it better than you are. Well, I got to tell you, they're not. Um, I've learned a lot from them and they're doing great things. But my own entrepreneurial spirit did set in. And sometimes you think, gosh, a lawyer is actually very risk averse. Uh, and we, we can be because we know some pitfalls. So we have to be here to warn you of those risks. But we also have to run our business as well. Uh, we have to charge you fees for our services. We have to build a really great clientele and a great base of people just like you. And I really wanted to get back to that because it's very rewarding to me to help out my clients and make sure that I'm a part of your business. I'm, in a, I'm a business partner with you to make you accomplish your goals. Uh, so that's really why I do what I do and why I keep doing what I'm doing. Very nice. So did you always want to go into law? I mean, that's a pretty big commitment there financially and for time-wise. Is that something that you entered in into college saying, I'm going to be a lawyer? Sort of. Um, I actually went to law school because I thought that I would be an FBI agent. So if anyone's watching, you can picture me with a gun. Uh, you know, that's, that's a different story. But the path to be an FBI agent was the path <laughs> if you went to law school. So that was my plan. And then I ended up working at a law firm and really enjoyed it. And so I've been in private practice ever since. So out of all the laundry list of services that you're able to offer a small business, what particular service do you really enjoy offering? You know, the nature of my business to do so much transactional work, I've thought about this question multiple times. And, you know, there's, there's not a particular thing that I do or a document that I draft that I like the best. My satisfaction really comes from just accomplishing what you need and doing it at a price that doesn't break your bank. Um, and a lot of lawyers don't say that. Um, there's another side of the law, the, the litigation side, where I do think that those folks are really, you know, sometimes they have to run up a bill. I'm not saying that they're, that they're bad in any way, but I can help you watch your budget. And um, I really like doing all of the transactional work that you come across. You have diverse things going on in your businesses. And if I didn't have that diversity in my practice, I think it would be a lot less fun. So tonight we're focusing primarily on the legal aspects behind marriage and growing a business. Why do you think a young woman should focus on, gosh, I mean, in between finding the right dress, the caterer, why should a woman think, okay, what's going to happen legally when I marry this man and I own this business? I think this is an awesome and amazing and good thing that you all are doing and talking about. Um, and we, we're going to try to cram in as much as we can in the time we have tonight. Uh, but yes, do not get totally distracted with the fun of planning your wedding. I do have to give a disclaimer here. I am not married. You all may joke at the end of this presentation as to why I'm not married, because I'm going to give you the ups and downs uh, that go with planning for a small business owner uh, and, a, and a large business owner, frankly, uh, before they get married, and you might have a little bit of a chuckle. But I do have to give you a disclaimer. I have not walked the walk on these things, but I have walked the walk with a lot of people just like you um, who either forgot to do these things ahead of time 
who focused more on that honeymoon suite behind them in the Caribbean and did not kind of take care of this business that's really supporting you every day. So you can't forget that. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, and I think we have the book somewhere. Derek Derek Sivers, is that how you pronounce, pronounce his name? Okay. Derek Sivers, he wrote this book. He owned a CD Baby. Are you familiar with him at all? I've heard his name. I haven't looked at his book, though. Okay. And what's his book called? I forgot what it's called. Um, it's on the bookshelf somewhere behind us. I'll have to include it in the link. Uh, but he talked about, at one point in the middle of his book, CD Baby is this kind of uh, intermediary... I want to say, I don't even know how to best describe it. He brought in local bands, small bands, and was able to distribute their music and at an affordable price for these small bands and in a way that people could get their music easily. And then they ended up having contracts with iTunes and all this crazy stuff. But it started from having a, a recording studio. That's the first business idea. Just this tiny little recording studio. And then it grew into CD Baby. He asked his dad for an investment into the company, not really thinking about it. The dad ended up giving him money uh, in, you know, by trading equity. And 10 years later, not even 10 years later, it's like two years later, if that, maybe one year later, uh, he was talking to, his, um, to his, some, his accountant saying, when am I supposed to pay taxes? And he was the accountant came back at him and said, uh, Derek, you don't pay taxes because you don't actually own your company. <laughs> the dad ended up owning this entire company because he never really thought that the company was going to um, be become anything great. So I think this is an important topic to look at, assuming that your company is going to be worth something to someone and that someone is going to – it's going to be some kind of heartbreak later on if you don't do things in the right order. So with that in mind, um, hopefully this is not too depressing of a subject. I want to just get it over with because I had it listed at the end <laughs> of the email. <laughs> but let's say that you get married and um, something happens and you end up having to file for divorce later on. Is What kind of legal aspects go into that? I mean, let's, let's assume, let's put a couple scenarios out there that you are a young woman who's a solopreneur as scenario one. And then maybe the second scenario would be that you have partnered with your husband in this company and he has some form of stake in it. Okay. Uh, let's start from the top on this. <laughs> and I'm going to start at the beginning, which, which a lot of you have already probably gone through this step, but I'm going to start here anyway, because I want to build the bicycle, you know, with the first pieces first. For those of you who are either just starting out or who have not gotten to what Jen just said, which is, you know, not kind of taking care of the early formalities of setting up your business. Um, I will spend two seconds on this because I, I have to give a shout out there to make sure that you have formed a limited liability company for your company to operate in. Not only is that going to be important for the building blocks that I'll talk about in just a moment, but right now, even if you think, gosh, I don't know if this is going to go anywhere or I'm putting my own money into it, obviously, anyway, so it's all the same money swirling around, while those things are true, Take the first step in protecting yourself. Form that limited liability company in the state where you reside, where you're doing business the most. Um, there's tricks to that sometimes too, but for the most part, if you're operating your business you know, in, in the state of Washington, you're going to be forming your limited liability company in the state of Washington. Do that because it protects your personal assets that remain in your personal name. 
So I have a house. I have a business. My business is going to be called Red Brick LLC. And if somebody sues my company, they can sue me for whatever dollars and cents and assets are inside Red Brick LLC. But you know what they can't get? My house. Because that, that's in my own personal name. Or that's in my trust. We'll talk about some of that. So if you haven't already formed an LLC and you think, oh, I'm just a, a one-man band, sole proprietor, that's still a reality, but at least you'll do a little bit to start protecting the assets in your business from your personal assets. Okay? That's, that's fine if it's just you. The same holds true if you obviously already have a business partner, whether it's your spouse, your boyfriend, your mom, your dad, or anybody else out there who, who you have a great business relationship with right now. Again, an early step. Cannot encourage you to do this more than talk to you as much as I can into this little microphone. Um, get together with your fellow partners and hire a lawyer. It's money well spent now. And do it while everybody's friends. And it's worth thinking about. Dream. You guys are dreamers. Keep dreaming as far as an entrepreneur is concerned to know that your business may just take off and be the next hottest thing. And no matter what, even if it's a great sized business, it's going to be your life support and the way that you want to make your, make your living. Um, so no matter how big it gets, it's important to sit down with your partners and talk about what's going to happen if both of you get married. What if you have a different partner right now who is your best friend and that best friend is like a guy or a gal, either way, and they get married and you get married. What are you going to do if your partner is hit by a car and his wife comes into the business tomorrow and the two of you don't get along? Or what will your partner do if you get hit by a car tomorrow? Or you just don't want to do this anymore? Or you get disabled and the spouse has to come into that business somehow? You don't want to have those things be unknown. You have to plan for those contingencies while you both like each other and say, you know what? If that happens, let's write down in an agreement called an operating agreement if you're an LLC. It's called a shareholder agreement if you're a corporation. Um, most of you should probably be LLCs at this point, but if you are a corporation for another reason, you have a shareholder agreement. And you would talk about what happens if I get disabled? What happens if I die? What happens if I want to sell some of my interests? What happens if my partner wants to sell some of his interests to a third party? What if we want to bring in a fourth party? All of those topics need to be discussed early and often, no matter how busy you are just trying to get the business off the ground. This is a key step that has to be part of getting your business off the ground. Yeah, my producer just leaned over and said, reality bites. <laughs> reality does bite, and that's sadly why you invite lawyers to the show. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, before you go on, let's take a step back and let's say that a young woman hasn't filed for an LLC yet and she is a solopreneur. That's kind of just exploring things as she goes. As a sole proprietor, if she's married, does the husband have any stake in the business? If she is married already and you have not yet formed the company, then it is very likely, yes, that your spouse has some stake in your business already. Um, if you, whether you are in a, a marital property state or a community property state. Uh, and what I mean by marital property state and community property states, you may have heard these words uh, you know, talked about on the divorce side a little bit, is in the majority of states, they will look at 
your assets and your debts, your 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 uh, your money and the things that you owe, and they will say to you, okay, let's take a look at who's who's is who's. Let's try to do this, um, you know, in, in a way that we can separate out, you know, some of your individual assets that truly, you know, were yours before the marriage and that were his before the marriage, and they'll try to work through some of those things. But um, actually, for those of you who are in Washington, you live in a community property state. There are seven states that are community property states. Uh, Arizona, California, I look at my list, Idaho, Louisiana, Nevada, New Mexico, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. And in those states, all of the property the couple, the couple acquires during the marriage is divided equally. Nobody cares um, sort of how you got it, where you got it, or what you've been using it for. So if you do not have your company assets separated somehow from your day-to-day -day living, it is very likely that that gets swooped up in the divorce and somehow, you know, those assets are getting commingled and if they can't really be separated, the court's going to say you're, you're both in this together. So that's depressing. <laughs> Let's talk about something more fun now. Um, so now you said that there's a lot of things that you wanted to go over. Did I skip anything? No, you didn't, but I do want to pick up on your depressing topic <laughs> because there's ways to sort of prevent some of this. And and again, I know these are these are difficult topics. They are hard topics to talk about, and they're no fun when you want to go to that beach behind me and you're looking at a really great dress and you're planning on all happy things. Right. Um, but I will tell you that after you get off this webinar tonight, um, take a look, just go on Google and see what, Google says or recommends someone who lives in Seattle um, does before they get married. And you're going to see a lot of recommendations to actually get a prenuptial agreement. So it is a tool that I know sounds scary and I know sort of sounds like you're putting a damper on things, but you can really tailor it in a very practical way to protect your business. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that you doubt somebody. It just means that that community property rule that I just told you about, the only way for those of you in those states that you get to fix that is to actually have that prenuptial agreement in place. And if both parties are talking about it from a practical standpoint, as a business standpoint, that can be as the, the lowest cost I've seen that be is about two to $3,000 if everything goes well. You get a good transactional attorney, you sit down and, and you knock it out, and it is an investment. But for those of you in those community property states, it's probably the only way that you can really be assured of making sure that your business is going to stay separate from how it grows and how you build it. Because only more money is going to come in. So let's just make, I want to clarify something. So if you create an LLC and you have an operations agreement and you haven't listed out what happens if you were to pass away or something were to happen and it's just you even maybe you have partners um would your company then automatically be given to your spouse how does that work you know it's very likely that in a case where um you are a single member llc so you're still by yourself and your llc is there um or you do not have that llc document formed and you're just by yourself your money from those businesses will likely go to your spouse. Um, most state laws do 
give that sort of respect and position to your spouse. And unless you have something in place otherwise, it will go to your spouse. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So let's say that a couple is dating and uh, they're business partners and then want to get married. What legal issues might arise out of that? Same ones a little bit. Um, so it's hard in, in those moments to separate him as someone who you, you love very much and someone who is also your business partner. Um, but you know what? That's sometimes a great fit. That means you have a lot of mutual respect for each other. So what the two of you need to do is the same thing that those two strangers that I mentioned need to do. If I'm in business with you, Jen, I would say, Jen, let's sit down. And even though it's the two of us, we need to put together that operating agreement and talk about how we want to make sure, you know, we run the business and who can sell what, who can, who can buy what, and, and how we want the business to operate. So you would still want to do an operating agreement. It'd be a very simple one because you know what you'd probably do? You'd have a lot shared. You'd do a lot 50-50. But make sure you have a tiebreaker mechanism in there too. Not all spouses and not all business partners get along 100% of the time, and you may have a diverging view on something. So ask your lawyer for how to break a tie if you want to do everything 50-50. Or for you ladies out there, you know, take advantage of the fact that we get some special, you know, great business status for being a weeby, uh, a women-owned business enterprise. So you take 51% and give him 49%. You get that bonus of being a, a women-owned business. You get to market it that way. Um, plus, you know, there's a joke in here, I'm sure, you get to win the argument by owning the 51%. <laughs> um, <laughs> lawyer jokes. Sounds funny. Okay, so um, going back to it, so on... Let's say that the the married couple, going back to the divorce subject again, sorry everyone, <laughs> but let's know, say um, if a married couple owns a business and they're, um, they're married, they're partners, and then they decide to get divorced, but they still own this business together, what have you seen happen? Have you seen cases like that? Have you helped people? Is it something that's usually settled amicably or is it, is it messy? What, what does that look like? Um, I, I have been in many situations where um, on, on both sides, with both representing both the, the husband and, and the wife, um, and it has been expensive. Regardless of whether it is amicable or not, it is very, very expensive. Um, so my message to all of you is to think of these things early and often as you progress and get them in place sooner rather than later so that you don't have these issues, you know, if, God forbid, something does not work out. Um, the horror stories that I have seen have resulted in um, a, a husband pretty much turning over an entire business to his wife. I have also been involved in a, a situation where the husband and wife used to be leaders in an industry um, it was a very organic and green industry that was really up and coming. Um, but because the two of them were fighting and did not resolve it amicably, basically their whole business shut down for about six months while they were trying to work this out. Oh, my goodness. They couldn't put anything on order. People were trying to, uh, you know, stockpile inventory because they knew that, you know, Mary Sue and Bob were fighting and no one would be able to get any product. And while it's heartbreaking, 
your customers sort of don't care and they kind of talk about you for not sort of being able to sort it out without really impacting your business. Um, so that was a really eye-opening uh, situation to, to go through. Ultimately, uh, the missus did prevail, uh, but it really has changed the dynamic in the, in the business. Um, and because it was a green and new business, it allowed a lot of competitors to come in and nobody talks about this business anymore. They just really lost their grounding. Sad. Okay, that. Gosh, this is the most depressing episode ever. <laughs> but, oh no, I don't want to be known for the no, most depressing episode ever. Yeah, but it sounds like you really enjoy your job, which is, which is, I don't know if it's sick or if it's. Fun. <laughs> I like, I really like that you're so passionate about it and that you've worked with so many different cases. Um, but before we go on, because I want to make sure that we get questions in. Morgan had a good question. If you're separated, should you wait until you are divorced to start a new business, or is there a way to protect yourself through the divorce process? That's an excellent question. That is a great question. Um, and one that uh, I, I have lived through as well, and I have seen both options taken. So um, I have lived through a gentleman in the construction business, when the construction business was a little bit more booming than it is now. And he did go through uh, a divorce and separated all of, he had several businesses uh, in, in which he had to separate assets. And after that was finished, he did wait uh, so until really all the dust settled, he saw sort of, you know, what he had left in his uh, bank account to go and, and start the new business. Um, if you can do that, that is probably the wisest thing that you can do. Um, there's no use sort of creating a, a new asset that will, um, you know, really fall into another complication to divide. It does not mean that the assets that you are intending to use to start that business will not still be in your marital estate and divided in some way. So that's in the example that I just gave you, the gentleman sort of had to wait and see how much was still in his coffer to go and start the new business. Now, the bad side of that though is your spouse probably knows that you have the idea to go and start something else. and. In a situation for a divorce or a separation, it's probably not the best thing to do to have more secrets and create more trouble between the two of you. Um, so if you do know that, that you are going to do that, uh, it might be worthwhile, and I would talk to your lawyer about this, um, to really sit down with your spouse and say, this is what I'm thinking of doing. I want to be clear that I want to start this business afterwards and that you will not receive any income from that business. Sometimes the reaction is, what do you mean I'm not going to receive any assets from that business or any profits from that business? You're leaving me and I helped you get to a place where you want to start this new business. But you might as well have the discussion right then and there. Then you go and start the new business. And then your spouse comes back, goes back to court, drags you back into court for more legal fees, and says, hey, wait a minute, those also came from our marital assets. I'm entitled to a piece of that because this came from, from what we were doing. Um, so I would recommend getting things out on the table now. Figure out how you'd like to structure it. 
And again, be really smart to you know get the operating agreements and your business documents in place ahead of time so that you know how that's going to go. Good question, Morgan, and fantastic answer. Thank you so much. So um, I want to ask one more question because we're running out of time. And everyone that's watching live um, uh, at ovalay.tv slash live every Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, I am still on chat. So if you do have one last question that you want to sneak in there, definitely just chat it up over to me. Um, but I know that there are other young women that watch The Real Housewives. I try not to watch it, but it's a guilty habit. And I think we're all learning from – well, actually, I don't want to say that we're learning from because, I mean, come on. <laughs> but <laughs> Vicky from – There's good lessons. There's good yes, lessons. good lessons. So Vicky of The Real Housewives of Orange County, she's going through a very messy divorce on reality TV, and she says constantly, I feel like in every episode, something about spousal support. Don wants me to pay spousal support. What does that mean, and what did she do wrong to where he can go back and say – you need to give me a monthly stipend kind of a thing. Really, it's what did she do right? A, True. she's making money. <laughs> so that's great. Um, what did she do wrong? She didn't tell her husband to also go and make sure that he could still get a job somewhere to support himself. Uh, this is a new thing that um, our generation gets to deal with. Um, because there's so many more women who are successful and who have the opportunity to be successful, um, spousal support is the same thing that you've heard over the years that, that women traditionally used to get. Um, you know, back in the day, all women really were sort of allowed to do culturally was stay at home and not really pursue any type of career. So the justice system, to be fair to her, who was usually left behind in a sense, um, the husband who made money had to pay his wife an amount to, you know, let her continue to live because she couldn't otherwise support herself. She'd been home for, you know, 20 years or whatever it is. Today, that is a, a mutual turnaround. So if the woman's making more money than the man, the man can go ahead and say, hey, I want to keep my standard of living up. And if I don't have the ability to do so myself, then she should be paying me alimony. So when they say spousal support, they are saying alimony. Maintenance is another word for it. Um, and that is what they are seeking because the husband has been relying on his wife's income for his lifestyle and the way that, that he lives. And the courts look at us equally. Um, these days, no matter what, they, they are looking at your dollars and cents. It is a spreadsheet. It's a chart. They say, okay, let's take a look at what she brings in. Let's take a look at what he brings in. And if there's a really large discrepancy, they're going to ask why. They will look at what skill sets your spouse has and see if he can go out and support himself uh, on his own in some capacity. And they will cut off the maintenance at some point. However, uh, you know, you just still need to make sure that you're not getting to such a point that it is um, unaddressed, again, that you don't have a document in place that manages this before you're standing there making way more money than you thought and your husband's no longer able to bring in that kind of income or at least, you know, support himself without you. So... 
Christina, who's in the chat, uh, she's asking, you've talked a lot about these documents and agreements. Do you have any recommended resources where young women could go and find out more about them? I know you said to Google them, but are there certain places that you really say, okay, go go here? Um, I, I do, and I'm going to give you a few more documents that I want you to just hear about, and then I'll tell you my recommendations on, on who to talk to. Um, first of all, that prenup, that would really fix that little spousal support issue we just talked about. So remember that word, especially for those of you in community property states. The operating agreements or shareholder agreements to your businesses, those help a heck of a lot. Those are a package that you usually can get from your corporate attorney who set you up for your business. If your attorney, if you don't have a, a corporate attorney who did set you up, um, I, I do ask you to reach out to me. We can either find someone locally for you. I have connections throughout the United States. Um, and either if I can't help you, I can find someone in the state who I do recommend. And I think it is very good to go to someone who um, a trusted source recommends. So you do have a family member who has a nice lawyer who they've worked with. By all means, you know, you can ask them for a transactional lawyer, a corporate lawyer, someone who does play in this field a great deal because they have seen a lot of the things that I've seen. Um, succession planning, you're going to hear that word. And I also want you to think about estate planning, another happy topic, you know, on, on the death side. But if your spouse isn't there anymore and you want to get something to your kids or you want your kids to be part of the business, um, don't forget estate planning elements. We, we aren't going to have time to talk about those tonight. But for a trust, for dealing with um, you know, really the, the succession planning of your business, you know, you, you have to be aware of those things. Insurance programs also help. Um, so life insurance uh, can be an issue if you or your spouse have, have life insurance on each other. Um, that also sometimes pays for buying out a membership interest in, in a company if you need to. Uh, but there's a lot of other things that you do need to consider. So I do uh, advise to reach out to me if you don't have any other contact um, and of course I'm always happy as an entrepreneur to to help you as well and at least we can talk about where you are what you've done what you're a little nervous about and then we can try to find the right fit for the right budget for you um, so you'll get my contact information and then I do uh, advise you if you are going through anything on the difficult side um, try to make sure that, that your spouse gets a transactional attorney as well. Um, sometimes the divorce attorneys are so used to fighting in the courtroom, they're not sitting down writing down a, a prenuptial agreement or they're not writing down a piece of paper that, that settles the case. Um, so if you do find a nice corporate attorney who you like and trust, uh, that's probably your best bet as well as an estate planner. Well, that was a lot of great information. So really fast, as far as the documents go, um, are there any specific sites that you'd say go here for just a quick 411 on some of the items that I talked about just to summarize them? Because you talked a lot about some pretty heavy-hitting, touchy subject type of things. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, you know what? I did not pre-prepare uh, some websites for you, but I can certainly email those to Jen and if she can post them, you know, in addition to the other information that's related to this uh, presentation tonight, I can make sure you have some good sites to go to and at least get a sense of, you know, reading and digesting for yourself about some of these options and some of these things that we've talked about. Um, so if you don't mind waiting just a moment, I'll make sure I get those to Jen and she can circulate those to you. 
That is awesome. Love it. So uh, just to clarify, you're not married, right? I am not married. And now go ahead. There's got to be a joke in there. <laughs> After telling you about all these things, you're probably thinking, no wonder she knows about all these prenups <laughs> and, and, and all these agreements and succession planning issues and, and just seen on the bad side. So uh, you're probably thinking, no wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> I know but the producer promise, just leaned over and said, maybe not me, not, but him. That's not why I'm not married. I do have, you know, I am cautious by all means. So I invite you to be cautious as well. But there there are ways to, to manage it. And uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to spend an arm and a leg. Um, but, you know, even on a very happy note, really, um, one of my very favorite clients, they're, they're just a lot of fun. Um, they make cotton diapers. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to be fun loving to, to do that anyway. Very happily married husband and wife in the business for a long time. They started the business off of $200. There's no debt to the company at all. And now their, their, their value of their company is, is way, 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 way more than $200. Um, which is another shout out to all of you, you know, be sure you keep watching the valuation of your company and when you get a valuation done because all of a sudden you'll be millionaires and then your husband will be looking for alimony. So you have to watch that too. But um, anyway, they're very successful. They're very happy. They're not having any trouble. Everything's great. But they have three kids and they texted me when they were both going out of town on a flight to Egypt, and they said, Marquita, um, in case the plane goes down while we're going over over Egypt, you know, over to Egypt, um, you're in charge of our kids, not not their not their parents. <laughs> I'm not sure how I was gonna swing that one. I'm in charge of their kids. Um, please make sure that you know that the two kids end up living with with my mom and dad. Um, we've got money here to put there. And they wrote all of this in three different texts to me. Well, I got to tell you, it was totally unenforceable. And here I thought, shaking my head while they're on their trip, I hope nothing happens because if I had to go in as a lawyer and say, I've got their text message, <laughs> it wouldn't work. Oh, my goodness. So on a much happier note, as you both plan things together, Think of those things so you don't worry about them when you're flying over the ocean, either on a great vacation or to keep growing your business. Get your estate planning in order early. Deal with it early so that you got your kids and your family protected. Deal with life insurance early so you got your kids protected. Um, you know, as soon as you're kind of finished getting over the hurdle of dealing with these husband issues, then the kids show up. So don't forget about that happening as well and try to do it as quickly as you can in, in real time so you don't regret it 10 years later. Okay, so I want to I want to wrap this up on a – actually, this isn't even really that happy on a note. So Marquita is turning the fluffy, happy social media and taking that and pulling it into federal regulation on the webinar. <laughs> uh, so um, this is really awesome. So if you guys are still on live or if you're watching this at another day, you've got a webinar coming up. And the reason why I found you is because our, my good friend Jenny Debel sent me an email and said, you need to connect with her. She's fantastic. And you're actually doing this webinar with Jenny, and it's on Tuesday, May 22nd at 11 a.m. Um, Central okay. and 2 p.m. Eastern. So maybe just tell us 
very quickly what that webinar is going to be consisting of. Well, Jenny and I got this idea together because, uh, you know, if you haven't worked with Traffic PRM, she is a public relations and, and media and social media consultant. Uh, they put together your, your branding, your, uh, your website, um, they do sweepstakes for you, um, and all of those, those very fun things, as Jen is saying. There is a way to do them so that you are complying with the regulators who, hope there's no regulators on this, um, you know, who are just trolling the internet, trying to look for people who are not disclosing things properly or collecting personal information properly, um, or who just generally are, are misadvertising. So some parts of it, the rules haven't changed a whole lot. It's still, they don't want you to, to inflate your advertising and, and, and misrepresent yourself. Um, but the new social media scene has created new regulations and new enforcement from the FTC. So what Jenny and I are going to do is sort of give you a scenario that says, you know, here's sort of the worst case on if you don't do it correctly, here's what can happen. We've got some great real life stories on those. And then Jenny will tell you, um, hey, even though Marquita is going to give you the five legal things that you need to do, if you do them, they're, they're pretty easy. You can get them in place for a relatively cheap amount, and then you can rock and roll and get your branding and your marketing going. So that's, that's our goal, to give you those tricks, and you get the tools uh, right there in the webinar for free. Awesome. So I just added the link over at the chat. But if you're watching this at a later date, just pop on over to youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com or wherever you're watching this video, and I'll make sure that all of the links are there. But Marquita, thank you so much for being on uh, the live stream this evening. You are awesome. That was so much, so much good I information. I really had a lot of fun. Thanks for the great questions, and um, keep your chin up out there. If you are going through something, hang tight. There's ways to get through it. Uh, and if you're just starting out, don't uh, don't forget to do these things on the front end. And that's why I'm still a happy lawyer. I help people on the front end so that you don't have to sort of go through the tough end. It's tough enough if you, if you have a problem. So good luck, everybody. Keep on keeping on, and thanks for having me. Well, thank you again. So you've been watching Young Female Entrepreneurs, the live stream that happens every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern here at ovalai.tv slash live. Thank you again to ovalai.com for making all of this uh, possible. Thank you to Marquita and, of course, Jenny for recommending Marquita over to us. Um, visit youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com to find out more about YFE and all of the fun online events that are happening around the area.